Well, that was my new intro jingle. Let me know what you think about it. Hey everyone, this is Behind the Scenes with Brian, and I am Brian, and I am joined today by Jeff Sharp of Backtrack Inc. Jeff, how are you today? I'm very good, Brian. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And we're recording this during the global pandemic and i'm hoping that you're holding up well and everything is is uh as good as possible during this uh as they say unprecedented times yeah interesting <laughs> interesting is the only way i can put that yeah but as of now the thing is quite beautiful for us and uh, our family oh good Jeff, tell us a little bit about yourself some of your background okay um So I've always I've always had entrepreneur projects going. Um, my my father was a successful is a successful entrepreneur. I had an accounting firm and did very well. And I just I, I really enjoyed the lifestyle that he had. Um, he worked hard when he worked and he played hard when he played. And so that was something that that I, I went after as well. Uh, started off uh, in. The first business that I opened that is still running today is uh, it's the it's the longest running nonprofit coffee shop in the United States. <laughs> so I don't know if that's a title that matters at all, but it, it's kind of interesting to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's uh, it was a band or it was a coffee shop in a small town, and we were 16, 17, me and some buddies, and we kept having to drive to Kansas City to see. Uh, to see these uh, these bands play, and and you know we really wanted to have the bands play live in our town, but it's a small town, so we decided coffee would be the way to do it. And opened a coffee shop up, but it was more of a community thing than anything, and it stayed that way. So that that was my first experience in entrepreneurship, and then throughout that, I, I opened uh, two athletic training studios in Phoenix when I I moved down there in 2004. Um, worked with over 300 athletes a week, usually wow. children, but a lot of moms, a lot of dads, and then and then we had a professional training business as well, which was mainly uh, a lot of the farm teams from the NHL. So we had we had we had some very interesting um, approaches on how we took, you know, and this isn't this isn't news to us today, but this was 15 years ago. So uh, you know, we took we we were taking a lot of the different types of athletic training combining it with the mental awareness and the mental fortitude that's necessary to be successful yeah so so we're able to teach children and that was what our goal was how can we impart something to children that's going to take them through the lives and make them extremely um well-rounded happy you know anxiety-free individuals and uh and so that was a great experience and and then after that um the, the latest project was Trackback Inc. and it did, did extremely well. We, we basically, we kind of forefronted the, some of the ideas behind 
the newer style of understanding employees. And, and there's, if you know now, or if you notice now, if you haven't seen already, there are titles called VPs of employer branding that weren't there four to five years ago. Um, and you're starting to see them in, in many different companies. And, and when, when those titles started popping up and they started like these Fortune 500 and 100 companies started uh, building a position, I mean a high level executive position for a VP of employer yeah. branding, yeah. they started calling us because they weren't quite exactly sure what to do with that. Hmm. <laughs> We've got this hmm. new position and we have positioned ourselves as employer branding experts. Um, I'd seen it. I'd seen Glassdoor the way that it was Glassdoor.com the way that yep. it was blowing up. Yeah. And yep. then uh, there's the Indeed.com before that was blowing up. So we put together software that helped corporations manage their employer brand before those sites were even big. And we we just kind of saw that coming on the forefront. And then you know Indeed and Glassdoor got together, and I mean it's. The employer brand is now one of the biggest conversations and so I, I was when I was kind of looking through your audience today Brian that's one of the things I did want to talk about is um, understanding the people especially now there was so many changes remote working <laughs> right yeah 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 so it's there's so I mean understanding the people has always been the thing that has made my business successful. It's both understanding my clientele, but more importantly, understanding my employees. And and when I say when I say it made me successful, I say that in spite of the mistakes I made, because <laughs> I look okay. back and I was not very good at that. <laughs> but uh, actually, maybe it's because of the mistakes you made. Because it, yeah, it made that's, you. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Very teachable moments. Yeah. And they all are, right? They yeah. all are. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's one thing I would, you know, when we get into this conversation today, the you know the employer brand is, um, and and just understanding the employees at a different level, and and one way to do that I found is really really interesting is reading the reviews that the employees write about the employers on websites. Ah, uh, yeah. And so, so as business owners, as managers, as um, as corporate executives. We've been taught this one way of doing employee management, and that's understanding employee satisfaction. Yeah, that, right, right. That's, one, right. that's one way of doing it, but it's also within, what's funny is within employee satisfaction, they talk about this thing called social desirability bias, which means that basically people pull punches when they know who's reading the survey results. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Okay, so, yeah. so we've been relying on this NPS, Net Promoter Score type surveys, employee feedback surveys to build our corporations and, and at the same time admitting that there is definitely a social desirability bias when they fill out the surveys. So we're getting bad information, Brian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so one thing I could say is, is when you're looking at, when you're looking at, um, employees and how you want to understand how they feel and like hey you know I did something really nice for them like I gave them like I, I don't understand because we did this extra vac extra week of vacation paid and it and it had no impact on morale those those kind of things are good steps but until you really understand what your employees are thinking which reviews are a good way to start because they don't pull punches as much there 
then um then you know that's just one one of the things that i'd really like to to hit on so and i think we yeah can. yeah oh, that's great mm. take a sip of my coffee yeah <laughs> me too <laughs> so how is how is business for you especially now during what might be for some people a downtime uh, you know, mine's good. I, you've, it, there's so many cliches that are so true sometimes that, it, but it, but like when when you see when you see everybody else pulling back, yeah, and pulling on the reins and sitting back and saying, hey, I don't want to do this too, or I'm going to wait and see what happens. That's when you that's when you go. Like that's when you work, because your work is worth like ten times the effort. Then. Yeah, that's funny. I just interviewed a guy on my podcast and. We uh, chatted back and forth beforehand, and he was a cross-country racer in high school or college. And his his uh, coach told him, "Try to pull ahead on the uphill climbs, and that that uh, mimics what we're doing right now. We're definitely in an uphill climb. And if you can if you can start pulling forward during a time like this, then all the all the better for you." Yeah, it, it makes the transition into the easier times just even easier for you. You're already hitting, you're already on the ground running and moving. So yeah. to answer your question, what I've done is I, I've started a new business and it's called Onesta. And and what I want to do is is teach. Um, well, part of my story is, is I had to take two years off. And that was because... I, uh, although my business, my businesses, my projects were successful, I didn't take care of myself. I, I wasn't a well-rounded individual and I eventually got very sick. I, I did carry it. Like I had Lyme disease. I was diagnosed with Lyme disease and I had that for probably over 20 years. Um, yeah. but it, it wasn't necessarily the thing that took me down. It was, it was just an imbalance overall in my entire life. And as a business owner, as a business manager, as a corporate executive, as some of the people that are on the podcast here today, when you're, when you're, all your energy, your creative energy, everything goes into your work, then uh, you can end up in the same boat I am, or I was. So, and, and drop and end up like where you need to take, you have to step away from work to take care of things or because things were bad. So for yeah. my case, I lost the majority of my vision. I, I was unable to drive uh, most days. I, I lost the majority of my short-term memory. I was unable to uh, just really just function throughout life, to be, to be truly honest. Yeah, um, the, the story's not too dissimilar to my daughter. She contracted Lyme disease probably in 2003. And so mm -hmm. it, is, it is something that can go on for a couple of decades before it is brought under control, if you have the right practitioners involved. And she, she knew, yeah, so she knew she'd had it longer than what it, when it was found, huh? Right. Yeah. That's, it's such a common story that it's a very sad thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so one of the, uh, one of the stages I'm, I'm for, or with Onesta, the, the business I'm building, it's based on that idea is that, hey, like, and I, I think people are realizing this now, you know, especially as we've sat back amongst this global thing. They're realizing that we're more than just work. We're more than hitting the birthday parties with the kids. We're more than the the go, go, go and the Netflix and then go, go, go and then the Netflix. And yeah. And um, 
So that's that's what my story is with Onesta is I want to teach professionals how to rebuild their life with their career intact, everything intact, everything that they've always, you know, they've built, but put it in a way that they're controlling it. They're they're managing it. They have space around if if something does strike like what we're talking about today. Um, they have space around to be to be in control. And so a lot of that stuff has to do with time management. Uh, a lot of it has to do with outsourcing, marketing, uh, just understanding strategies and, and not, you know, as an as an owner of either a project or a business, not putting your energy into things that that someone else might be a way better at. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. So that's, so that's the focus of Onesta. Yeah, well, that's, that's very interesting. So do, you're wearing both hats right now? Yeah, uh, Trackback is, is it's um, a little on the, like it's more on the consulting downside. Like we're, we're I've just left it to the side while I rebuild this right now. Cause it, oh, okay. it yeah, yeah, so one of, one of the stories that I have is that I was very sick. I was very sick, unable to work for over two to three years. And, yeah. and this is one of the stories I have is that my company Trackback, because I built it with scaling up in mind and with good people practices and the way I built it, I was actually able to survive my illness. Mm. Uh, because I was able to replace myself as I needed to and just step out and step back. So the company took care of me as I, I took no meetings for two years. It, it, it took care of me. It took care of most of the people as we found and transitioned, uh, you know, a lot of our, because our, our team members were family members. Like even, you know, my team members in India, I went, I went over there for their wedding. You know, it's, oh. uh, yeah, yeah, like they're, they were close. So we, yeah. we did our best to transition them. and. And then we, we dwindled track back down to be um, just what it needed to be to maintain. And then, and this, where my heart's at now is Onesta. Um, that's kind of what I'm building now is helping people. I want, I want to really help people get to the point where that they're enjoying their career, their lives. And at the same time, they're, they're having all the success we always talk about. Yeah. But at the same time, they go home and they're smiling just as big. And that's, that's <laughs> big too. No, that, that's great. And it, it reminds me of a documentary. I haven't seen it yet, but it's called, I think it's called The Weight of Gold. And it's about Olympic gold medal winners who um, win the gold medal. And that's the peak of their life. And then they get on a real uh, low after that because it's just such a, uh, almost an anti-climax when they're you're standing on the, the podium and then they're, you know the, the everyday Joe on the street after that. Yeah, what do you do after that? <laughs> right, right. So, yeah. So, th does that also uh, apply to non-athletes? Would you be able to be in a position to help non-athletes that are at some kind of a transition in their career or life or um, anything? Yeah. Like that? Yeah, the athletic portion of my life is uh, that's that business was uh, sold off ten years ago. So that's not it. like it, all those principles I, I was able to maintain. Yeah. But yeah, I strictly I'm I'm now business business type guy. It's funny because I, a lot of what I do because what I found is you can't you can't departmentalize as as much as we would like to think you can when it comes yeah. to our life. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. So so when I get into these business conversations. And I, hey, how do how do you take control of your life again? How do you have that moment of calm when you wake up in the morning and the smile and you kind of breathe, and and you hear a bird before your phone wrecks you? Yeah. Like, 
those <laughs> those are the things I want to you know want to get across, and and all those principles come through. Yeah, yeah, good. So, are are you helping more companies or individuals with this new undertaking? Uh, the so I have either business owners. Yeah. Like I I, I have two style, or two different tracks of people that I've been in touch with recently that I seem to be uh, able to help with, and that's the owner um, who just needs to scale up, replace themselves, and do it extremely, extremely stable uh, to where there isn't the stress and the anxiety and the worries. And because it, it's hard, it's hard when you've learned how to do something so perfectly. It's hard to even think that you could teach someone else how to do that. Mm. So, right. So right. there's all these roadblocks to get in there, and so that is one of you know one thing um, that I could help with on that. Yeah. Hmm. So do you do you have any uh, examples or success stories or anything you could give as an example of how this has been used? Yeah. Um, trying to think of the most applicable applicable situation here sure sure yeah take your time so so i, I would like to tell you, like go back into the people and understanding the people when it comes to the business so i've, I've had more conversations with ceos of large corporations yeah in the last three years than I've ever had in my entire career. Hmm. And it's because there's a ripple effect from the smallest person in the business all the way up to the CEO right now. And that's, and it, what it is, is, is brand exposure. And yeah. what I'm, what I mean by that is the CEO is the reason they're getting on the phone with me and they're calling me is because they have a picture of themselves on sites like Glassdoor where people can rate them personally. Now, as much as we would like to thank their CEOs and they just need to deal with that, they're people. And so at the end of the day, this hurts. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> I mean, like they've got their profile up with employees being able to anonymously say whatever they want without, without much of, um, um, you know, control over that because it's anonymous. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. so that not only is that rip, the ripple effect of the exposure, it's it's reaching from the CEOs to the bottom. You know, but these guys, like when we're talking about staffing companies, that um, that positions are extremely hard to figure out. Like, like, like I remember trying to fill a position for a metallurgical engineer once. Just, yeah. just like it was impossible to do. I, I had all, I had all the resources, all the money to do. I, I could not place a metallur metallurgical engineer mm. uh, in the position for two years. Wow. So, and you know, like when it gets into that really, really unique, tight stuff, it's really important to understand your people and understand, <laughs> like, what, what is really going to make their quality of life go up? Because it's not always pay. It's definitely not always pay. For sure. Yeah. And, and so understanding those types of things. And, and the other thing is, it's not what you think it is. 
So like, as me as a person, you know, I used to do things for my employees that I thought they would like. <laughs> yeah. But, but they were what I would like. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they didn't like, they didn't care, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so I, th- I think one of the big, the greatest stories I could show was like, uh, when we were, when we were tracking all this, I'm an analytics nerd. When we were tracking all this, there was, uh, there was the carrier corporation, I believe was the name of it, but there, there was this corporation, this, this social video had, or this video had been leaked of a manager telling his entire crew that they were all their jobs were being split to Mexico. Mm. And so somebody's recording on their cell phone and they said, um, huh. and then it went, it went viral. So yeah. the carrier corporation, they, they of course got crucified, right? Mm. Well, Trump was working on a campaign or something. I don't know if he was in the, it was, I think it was at the beginning of the first campaign, but you know, Trump wanted to get involved in it. Yeah. And, um, so he, so I don't know if he had anything to do with it or not, but he, he made it newsworthy is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even more newsworthy because he came back and said, hey, look, you know, we saw this video of this company and he kind of crucified him a little bit too. And then he made it more newsworthy, you know? And and then he made a deal to somehow keep that carrier corporation here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the whole time we're watching, the whole time we're, we're correlating these news events to sites like Glassdoor and watching the ups and downs because then we're, we're collecting our own data. And I mean, we're collecting our own data to the point that Glassdoor's legal department called me and asked <laughs> and wanted to get it in the bottom of why why we needed all this data you know uh, but, yeah because yeah. we went really deep with this stuff and we started yeah. realizing man your employees that's all that matters it's all that matters like it changes it changes everything yeah but it was it was that was that was one story where we took we were able to help track a, a very current event and how it affected the employees and then also when we got revenue numbers, we're able to correlate the revenue numbers and sit there and look, oh, people yep. upset, numbers yep. bad. That's, I mean, it really gets simple, you know? Right, right. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. So it's, it's, all, it's all about, uh, in that case, figuring out what really makes the employees satisfied or engaged or happy or happy, happy would be the word I'd use because because there's so many things like I, when you when you start really diving into happiness like our jobs are part of it and their careers are part of it but then but we've made it to where that is kind of our identity and yeah. and that that ends up being a struggle for a lot of people right? because it doesn't internally it doesn't match up internally you know I'm more than my job and, it's, yeah. and so what you're able to do is you're able to again you get good at your job too so you're able to dive into that put your energy into that and then kind of dodge the rest of the stuff or you know engage in habits that make you not as happy right like yeah like i like a gallon of ice cream <laughs> mm-hmm. but you know like that that doesn't make me happy and <laughs> so it's it's these uh it's it's understanding the people, the, the actual human part of the people, understanding like, hey, you know what? When they have a Friday off or, you know, Friday at noon, what are they able to do with their children, like at that point? And then also, what are they going through with their children right now? Like, I've got, I've got six kids in a combined home and four of them are in school right now, you know? Yeah. Like, 
that's it's we got we got like the station set up with you know learning stations set up all around the house everywhere we go yeah. <laughs> when they start when they start thinking about that kind of thing you know what are the employees actually sitting in right now yeah and and not it, it doesn't matter what five years ago it was or even two years ago or even a month ago now you know it's things change and so it's a constant connection to constant ear to the ground with your people and that's all that matters yeah, yeah and i would imagine that it's not only just a generational thing but a a geographic matter of what makes people happy um, you know there's a lot of things you could look at and, and say uh, flex time or telecommuting which is what most of us are doing right now and I, I think there needs to be a balance with that I, I don't think that people working 100% remotely 100% of the time is going to make 100% of the people happy uh, but is there anything that you could lay your finger on and say, here's something that's bound to make staff happy? I mean, it, it, it could be anything from good coffee to uh, uh, more comfortable chairs or, or anything. Oh, I'd, I'd be so rich if I knew the answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all right. Yeah, that's, that's, what the sur- that's what the surveys are for. Yeah, yeah, they don't tell you the answer either. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's it, the challenge is, is everybody's different. Everybody's having a different experience, you know. They're yeah, like the, they can be sitting in the same cu- or cubicle right next to each other and have like you know a happy employee and you know an employee that's just collecting a check. Right. And those, those two people can be sitting right next to each other. Yeah. Yeah, like it, same same things. <laughs> it's it's probably easier to figure out what makes staff unhappy. I mean, you can point your fingers at bad coffee or uh, right. an unclean uh, an unclean work environment or, or or something like that. But it's to to figure out what makes staff happy is is a difficult thing to nail down. We'll keep working on it. I'll let you know. <laughs> well, you should probably write. You should probably write a book when you figure that one out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do that. Yeah. Well, Jeff, we're we're kind of coming up uh, against the clock here. But is there anything else you wanted to share with us? Uh, no. This was this was fun. Um, the only thing I'd say is, uh, you know, I, I'd really encourage. I'd encourage people like. They've had a chance. For me, I, I had to take two years and really sit back. And I mean, like, I had to quit doing anything. Yeah. Uh, just, just to use all my energy, all my focus on healing. And I realized how many things that I could cut out of my life that weren't good for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and things that I didn't even really care about, you know, just things that I owned that were a pain. Like, I had this rhino desert cruiser thing, and it just always broke down. It wasn't really that much fun. I was just always fixing it, you know, <laughs> get rid of it. Yeah. So. Well, that's what I, I really feel like people during this chance, they've actually got a chance or during this time, they've got a chance to sit back and sit at home, slow their lives down, figure out a few things that are important. And what I would do is encourage them to grab onto that little, that little taste of that. Because what, what I've done is I've, I've, I mean, I even got rid of a cell phone for a long time, like over a year. Mm. And, and I, I just like the, the peace and that's come from that has come yeah. from finding one little edge and grabbing onto it. And so if you found a little calm during this time, actually a little calm and all amidst the storm, yeah. uh, then I would grab onto that and keep keep cultivating it, keep nurturing it. And just remember 
that you're a whole person. You've got you've got a lot to work on besides our career, but our career tends to take a lot of energy. So yeah, make sure to split up that creative yeah. energy. Yeah, and, and just to remind the the listeners, you gave up your cell phone not because you're uh, 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 a new age hippie, but because mostly <laughs> because of the weakness that was brought on to your your body by the Lyme disease. Yeah, with with me, so that was one thing I had to like. I had to eliminate most of my communication with almost anybody unless it had to do with my children, because that was an example of me cutting something out in order to save enough energy to heal. So my body, my body was healing, uh, and I cut out because every time you take a phone call or a text for somebody, it takes a little energy from you. Right. So if you're a person who really wants to focus on something else you're aware of those little moments and uh so that yeah you're exactly right it was it was an example of where i was my 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 i mean lyme disease took me to my knees and it was to the point that you have to you have to decide what's more important cut out some things well right and it, it translates perfectly to people who are in good health because everybody is drawn in lots of different directions and one of the hardest things to to say is no and, and so you said no to your cell phone during that time when you couldn't use it, but there's going to be a lot of meetings or conferences or phone calls or emails or something like that, that people can just say no to and, and put their energies to where they're better needed or, or better uh, um, where it really needs to be anyway. Yeah, I know. I, f- I fully agree with that. That's the way, that's one of the best ways of putting that. Yeah. Well, Jeff, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, uh, I know they can find you on LinkedIn under Jeffrey Sharp. Uh, wh- where else could they find you? What What are your contact or are your websites too? So uh, my personal email would be Jeff, J-E-F-F, at onestabranding.com. And that's O-N-E-S-T-A branding.com yeah and um if you want to learn a little bit more about i I feel like i have as many people interested in the the health journey that i've been on in the last few years as i as i do anything business i talk about so if you you know the uh what we touched on on that is something you want to hear more about you can go to facebook.com slash lime dad and Lyme is spelled L-Y-M-E-D-A-D. Yeah. And that tells a little bit about our adventures, uh, adventures with my three boys and, and uh, what we've done to pursue healing and, and also um, help others in their healing paths as well. Yeah, and that's a terrific thing that you do. The, the, the Lyme community really does need some uh, people to reach out to. So, so, so thanks for doing that because it's, it's people like my daughter that need a community like that. So that's, that's terrific that you do that. Yeah. I, and you said she's doing well now. Yeah. She is. Yeah. She's doing really well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, not a, not a hundred percent recovered, but, uh, to anybody not close to her, they would think that she's hundred percent recovered. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the way it goes, but that's yeah. good. Yeah. That's good. Well, Jeff, I really appreciate you spending time with us today and uh, 
I, I wish you all the best and hopefully your line goes into complete remission and you, we all pull out of this pandemic uh, unscathed and even better people than when we went into it. Uh, well, thank you for having me. I, I really appreciate the time. It's been, been an honor. Yeah, well, thank you so much and uh, all the best to you and I, I uh, hope you have a great rest of your day. You too, Brian. Thanks, Jeff. Well, that's it. I'm Brian, and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian. Until next time, keep on rockin'.